Hey guys, it's Josh, and welcome back to the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Before we get into today's episode, I have major news, and I do mean major. And no, it's not just the fact that we have another stellar guest on the show. It's the fact that we have a new co-host. Well, just a co-host now. Um, if you guys re- <laughs> if you guys remember back in episode 34, we did Hey Alexa with well, it's no longer Hey Alexa. It's Hey Alexa and Josh because she is joining us on the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Don't worry. We just thought that it'd be great to give you, you know, just another viewpoint, you know, besides my boring old lens. <laughs> You're never boring. Oh, thank you. I'm glad somebody thinks so. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll give you way more details about um, how this is going to work later. I know you guys are like, what? What's going on? But we want to get into today's episode. Today's guest is Missy. Is it? It's it's Ban. Well, okay, Missy. Because <laughs> for the longest, I thought it was Bancher, and I was like, I love that last name. And then you were like, No, there's an extra N in there. It's Bantner. Yes, I know. It's not as fun as Bancher, but <laughs> like you- it's still kind of cool, though. Yes, my husband will mispronounce it, and he'll say Bratner. <laughs> But yes, it's Missy Bantner. <laughs> I, I I remember I got the email. Was I think it was yesterday you emailed me and you said that, and I was like, yeah. "Is she sure she doesn't want to change her name?" Because like Banter is pretty cool. <laughs> but I was like, "No," I was like, cool. "Bantner Bantner works to me. I like it." Um, <laughs> we have Missy Bantner joining us today. Missy, we like to ask everybody this question at the start of the episode because we are kind of like a relationship podcast. Are you single? Are you off the market? Uh, are you just exploring right now? I am off the market. I am married to my sweet husband, Chris. Um, he's my second marriage. Um, so we, we have both learned some life lessons and um, came into this relationship um, really like the coolest thing. I didn't know that men out there existed like this. But he and I have a very similar philosophy, which is I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. And um, he said that to me in an email as we were getting to know each other. And that was the line that hooked me. <laughs> so, yeah. I See, we to... need pickup lines like this. These ha- This is what should be a pickup line. Correct. You're right. It worked. Because I was like, I was really not considering getting involved with anybody and I was having this relationship with them quite or this uh, email conversation with them to be nice just to be honest and but when he said that I was like oh I started to pay attention who is this person really so then we actually had more meaningful conversation and it, it allowed me to say yes to a dinner invitation and the rest is literally history we were together every day after, after that <laughs> And it's always good too, like when you're, um, it's when you least expect it, when you're not like wanting it, that's when they happen. I've learned. It's very true. And, and people who are single do not want to hear that, but it is true. It's, it is when, and he'll say, my husband will say the same thing. He was, he was like off the market. I'm done with women, forget them. <laughs> and, and then we randomly met at a restaurant and, you know, exchanged information and started emailing each other and kind of got to know each other and you know the rest of the story. So um I love yeah, pretty I, pretty amazing. I love that you gave that backstory. It just I was taken <laughs> back by the fact that guys, they weren't texting, they weren't Snapchatting or doing any of that other things. They were emailing each other. Like <laughs> Yes, I'm ageless. 
endangering myself here. <laughs> so I was gonna ask if you were on like a dating site or like were you just like emailing? But that's so cute. It's almost like writing letters. We met if you so the story is really fun because um, we met completely randomly um, at a restaurant in Park Hill, Denver, Colorado. And like I said, he was not looking, I was not looking at all. Um, but during the course of his dinner with his work buddies, he had intended to send me and my girlfriend a couple of drinks because he thought we were you know, pretty and whatever. Well, the drinks ended up going to a couple of girls at the bar inside instead of to the girls outside, which was us. And <laughs> long story short, you know, once they figured out the mix up, by the time they figured it out, we were leaving. And in order to leave, we had to go past their um, table, which was outside. And um, so we get to talking and with their group, you know, one of his friends says hello and whatever. And my friends start saying hello. And I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't want to talk to guys right now. And that, you know, I just really wasn't into it. And um, they start conversing and start asking questions about us. You know, what do you do? So I answer, I'm a fitness and nutrition therapist. And Chris jumps out of his chair. I love fitness. <laughs> he runs around the table comes over to me you know and we start talking and I'm laughing because it was just it was hilarious and um he asked if he could take me out for a drink and to be quite honest I said no I just got divorced and I sold my house and I just put my dog down and my whole life changed oh. and his energy shifted immediately he got really compassionate and empathetic he said I totally get it I'm divorced. I know how hard it can be. You're beautiful. You're going to be fine. Take your time. And he went and sat down and my girlfriend and I were leaving and a couple walks up and they had dogs. And so we stopped to say hi and pet them. And of course, because I had just lost my dog, I started crying <laughs> and God bless him. He comes back out around and, you know, says, are you okay? And I said, you know, yeah, it's just hard. And he says, well, I know I told you to take your time, but I'm a really good listener if you ever want to get coffee. <laughs> so I did end up giving him my business card and um, really didn't expect to hear from him again. Um, but he emailed me 30 minutes later and <laughs> emailed for about two weeks. Because um, like I said earlier, when we first were talking, I really wasn't interested in seeing anybody. My whole life had changed and yeah. just felt too soon. Um, but once he, once he really got clear with me on who he really is and what he's really about I I was like I want to know this person right and it just ended up that we had great chemistry we really got along we had similar values and he he, he actually helped me heal from a lot of the stuff from the past so beautiful story Aww, that's amazing we need yeah. more guys like him around he's a he's a keeper Listen, I mean, I'm just saying, this is, I feel like that's book material. If only there was an author around who, who uh, might write something <laughs> up one day. Oh, I'm, a romance, I'm a romance author. <laughs> Are you really? Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, let's chat sometime because he that would, would be fun. I, mean, I would like writing a new book, so cool. give me some it's good such material. A fun story. Yep. It's such a fun story. And there's, you know, it's real life. There's ups and downs and twists and turns. Of course. Um, but our motto stays the same. We want to be better tomorrow than we were today. And as we've grown as a couple, our other motto is if we can get through anything together. Love yes, that. Right? So when 
when we feel like it's too tough, we just go, okay, we're in this together. Let's go. How do we have each other's back and move forward? And that's communication's key. Absolutely. So often I feel like people just look at relationships as relationships, but they're not. They're truly, well, any healthy relationship is a partnership. Um, So having a partner means that, like you said, you have each other's back through the thick and the thin, um, the right and the wrong. So I love that, that you guys use that as your motto. It has really helped us get through the tough stuff of life, Um, you know, and sometimes our own BS. Um, that we bring to the table, right? It's like, okay, we're going to get through this together too. And um, we help each other grow and we help each other become a better version of ourselves day by day. So it's, I feel so beyond blessed. Um, And I'm so thankful that I went to dinner that night. (laughs) It's so crazy how things can happen. And I'm I'm just glad you had business cards. Not even that you went on the dinner. I'm just glad you had business cards that night. So often I feel like somebody's like, hey, do you have a card? And I was like, I ran out or it's online. Wait, now I have, because I always forget my business card. See, exactly. I do do custom designs like for um, like wine glasses and all kinds of things. And it's like, I'm always talking about like my podcast or this or that. And it's like, I never have them, but I never thought about it. It's a good way to give contact information. If if there's a cute guy, slip him your business card and there's your information. That's the reason (laughs) most That's why we're still single. You know, we don't we don't have enough business cards. Yes. <laughs> Dating in 2022. Have your business cards ready, folks. Well, it's funny because everything is so digital. But there is, I mean, I think there is something really special about giving someone a piece of paper with your contact information and your stuff on it. Um, and it may be antiquated. It may be outdated. But it worked for me. <laughs> and I don't think so. It might so. be coming back. I think... So I, I work in like the bar, like the food, I've worked in the food industry, the, uh, the nightlife industry, um, just countless other places. And one thing that's constant throughout that I've noticed is no matter how modern things get, people do enjoy the tactile, like touch. So having, I guess like having that business card, it could help like create like an emotion, a memory. And we all know the power of memories, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it could also be like someone's gonna maybe be more likely to keep the business card because they're like nice and instead of just a piece of paper that they could easily lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you never know when true. the business is needed either. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true because he did love fitness and I'm in fitness. So exactly. Um, so Josh, you had a good point. Um, there is some physical anchoring that happens. So one of the things that I do in my business is a lot of neural work. I'm sort of like a brain nerd, um, and the anchoring piece, right? That physical touch, yeah. like you said, it anchors it in the nervous system differently than something digital would. So there's something to that. Yeah, that's why they always tell you to like to write notes and stuff. Um, because I was just gonna say that, yeah. Yes. Something about the writing process, you know. In school, I used to do the note cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always wrote them out, mm-hmm. and it was instead, and then I think it was like my senior year of college, I ended up typing them. But because I had so many in college, each because I had yeah. so many tests, but it, it helped, but it was easier. I it had clues and stuff for some reason, like when I was holding it, it was just easier than on a phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's definitely some neural wiring between um, your eyes, your memory, and your hands. 
Um, so yeah, it makes a difference. And even holding a book and turning the page, right? There's lots of really cool stuff that happens in the brain, but we've got these physical acts that we're doing. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. So yeah, it, it worked for us. <laughs> I would, I, 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 lo- I would love to know how you got into fitness because like you said, you, cause you do fitness and nutrition. Anybody who knows those easily go hand in hand together, but I was like the therapy aspect of it. I've just never heard it framed in that, in that light before. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because it is very different than, um, being a personal trainer or being a registered dietitian. And that's how I started out. I started out as a, a personal trainer. I got into this because I was going to school, um, to become an MD and, uh, came home at Christmas break and I got one of these from my mom. Can you show me how to, you know, get rid of this and get rid of this? And so I took her to the gym and just showed her some exercises and she loved it. Um, she, I could tell that something like woke up in her and then something woke up in me. It was easy to describe what to do, how to do it, why to do yeah. it. And I thought to myself, what if I could do this for a living? Like, I don't know why I didn't know personal trainers existed back then, but I didn't know. Um, so I looked into it and I actually at that semester switched my major <laughs> away from becoming a doctor, <laughs> um, you know, to going into uh, fitness and nutrition. And I really, I really focused on fitness first. I ended up at CSU um, uh, in health and exercise science um, degree and started working at a um, high-end health club uh, right after college from my internship. And I excelled right away. I mean, I, I got lots of clients. I was the top female earner at the club and um, felt like I was doing really good. Um, mm-hmm. But part of my story and how I got to the ther- therapy aspect is on the outside, it looked like I had it all together. Right. It looked yeah. like the perfect everything. And on the inside, I felt like a complete fraud. I was dieting like crazy, you know, popping fat burners, doing any kind of supplement program or detox program I could get my hands on. Um, I would restrict like crazy my food intake, and then I would binge and purge when I couldn't take it anymore. I was exercising way too much and way too hard. I was an absolute wreck uh, on the inside. And... I felt like a complete hypocrite and that whole process was eating me up inside. Yeah. And so, you know, fast forward a few years of this behavior accelerating and getting worse and really taking its toll on me in so many ways, I finally hit my rock bottom and that rock bottom moment led me to really take a look at my relationship with myself. I was not being honest with myself on any level yeah yeah and one of my core values is integrity and so no wonder i had such massive inner discord i wasn't living by my core values right so um that process of healing it it took some time but once i got through like the major lump of the work you know getting some therapy and getting some help and and really it was tough, you guys, breaking those habits and coming clean to right the shame, yeah. coming clean about who you are and what you're, how you're being. Um, that was also hard, but it was also freeing. Like I didn't have this 
big nasty secret that I was hiding anymore. The process of getting to know myself, am I actually physically hungry? Am I actually yeah. physically satisfied? Do I, am I really like, do I have the energy for this type of workout or do I need to back off and rest? Right. Yeah. And a thousand other things. Do I need sleep? Right. Do I really need to stay up this late or do I actually need to sleep in longer than I think is productive? Right. Yeah. Just on getting all of those stories about who I should be and blah, 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 blah. For, uh, and getting into a place where I really started to honor my body's needs um, and the only way that I could do that is if I learned its language. Yes. It was talking to me all the time. Right? right. It was always telling me, hey, I need this. Hey, I don't need that. But I was ignoring it. Or or maybe it was Chinese, right? And I didn't speak Chinese. <laughs> right. right. So I needed to become fluent in this new language. And so that's where the therapy piece came in. I actually went um, back to school and got my master's in nutrition therapy for myself. Because I needed to heal. I am like, I need to know how to take care of myself. Yeah. Right. I have not been doing a good job. Right. And then through that process and me sharing with my clients what I was doing, I mean, they wanted to know, what are you doing? You're different. You're radiant. You're kinder. You're setting boundaries. You're like, I mean, people know yeah. that. And so then I started to share with them what I was doing. And what was really interesting is, as I was getting my master's in nutrition therapy, I started doing clinical nutrition. Yeah. Right. Nice. So focusing on disease states, focusing on, on diet and lifestyle and supplementation mm -hmm. and things like that, but, but very clinical. But every single time that someone would ask me about maybe sort of this more esoteric, how I'm being with myself, my relationship with myself, how I talk to myself and my thoughts yeah. and things like that, that was where they lit up and that's where I lit up. So I ended up shifting away from clinical nutrition, like coaching it. Right. And I started sharing what I was doing in my life. And this whole like beautiful, you know, it's not a protocol really, but it's like these principles started to, to develop. And right. I started teaching them to people and started healing. And yeah. they started healing their relationship with food and fitness and with their lives. And there was this ripple effect that happened where not only did your relationship with yourself or myself heal and get restored and it's like I can honestly say I love who I am which I realized I didn't right I had a lot yeah. of resentment for who I was um but also my relationships with all of the people in my life started to heal right because I was showing up differently right I you, wasn't hiding because you have to love yourself I mean and it's hard sometimes like and you might fall out of love with yourself for a little while but once you actually know how to, I feel like it's easier to come back into it. Mm -hmm. And that's why they say you're supposed to love yourself before you can really be in relationships of any kind. I feel like there's something also too about that uh, authenticity piece um, that you came to realize mm -hmm. um, and that connected you to your clients. Um, mm -hmm. Because I, whenever you're learning something, like sure, you can see the actual science of it or whatever, but it's not till somebody like can relate it to their actual body or an experience that they can, you know, yeah. that it relates to them, that they actually feel it. So yeah. like when people will ask for like an expert, sometimes I think that people that are going through it or that have gone through it are more of an expert than someone that necessarily went to school for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
because you're actually, I mean, you're only learning so much in school where when you're living it and breathing it, whatever it may be. And that's why when you're living it and breathing it, whatever it may be. And that's why I think we all need to advocate for ourselves more than anything, because you're your own best advocate, your own best voice. And when you know how to do it, then you can help others do it too. Yeah. And you're, you're spot on. And that's one of my taglines on my website is become the expert of your own life, right? Nobody knows you better than you. You just, you just need to take the time to get to know yourself again. It's all there. All the answers are inside of you already. And to your point, Alexa, when you're in school, you get a lot of like head knowledge. Mm -hmm. When you go through it in life, you get what's called gnosis with a G, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, this body experience. Yeah. And I think that that gnosis opens you up to knowing, which is intuitive. Yeah. Right. And then the combination of those three, then you're like the master of your, of your life. Right. Right. You've got this inner compass that guides you and you know how to behave and how to self-correct and right. How to navigate whatever's coming up. It's really awesome. (laughs) Very freeing. No, and I, I've learned that, like, the hard way, too, kind of, um, mm-hmm. dealing with my own life experiences, and, like, I have chronic pain from an accident, and I had doctors telling me, like, it was in my head, and I'm learning that they just haven't experienced it. Correct. So, I, I get, like, what you were saying, that's why your clients can tell yeah. that you really know what you're doing, and you really love it, is because you've done the work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they can resonate with, you know, when I say to them how I felt in the past, they resonate because that's how they feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, she gets me. Right? Yeah. How, you know, some of us feel like disgusted with ourselves. Oh, she gets me. That's how I felt about myself and my behavior. Right. right? And, and so it's being able to paint the picture of, okay, that's where I was and this is where I am now. Here's how you get there right? Hold your hand. Let's do this together. You're not alone. It's going to be hard, right? Your conditioning is going to want to kick in and you're going to quit. Right. (laughs) Right. And that's part of the process. Embrace all of it. And let's move forward toward this place of like, you want to love yourself. You want to trust yourself. You want to show up as the best version of yourself. How do we get there? What are the steps we take? Now, speaking of holding our hands and helping us get to that, that quote unquote final destination, I wanted to ask you, cause you, you have like a big five of healthcare, right? Or I do. Yeah. yeah. Can you kind of walk us through that? Absolutely. Um, this can be customized for anybody. Um, this is a process that I help um, clients discover as they're healing. They'll learn about the things they absolutely need to have in place so they can show up as the best version of themselves. And this is what I learned through my journey. And this is, you know, I probably learned this over about 10 years. So being able to help a client compress this and learn it a little faster is nice. <laughs> um, so uh, my big five, and these are in order of like, my highest priority, you know, down to, I'm going to say the lowest, but they're all like must haves exactly. every day for me. Right? The lowest so, of the five. Yeah, exactly. Right. So sleep is my number one. Mm. Hi- yeah. <laughs> we can talk more about that. Hydration is my number two. 
And then nourishment is number three. And nourishment, um, it's nourishment of all kinds. It's physical, it's emotional, it's mental, it's spiritual. Okay. And then under that is connection. So connection with myself, connection with my source, connection with my people, connection with nature, connection with others. Understanding that I am woven into the fabric of everything, and I need to remember that, that, that my belief is that we are all one, right? We're all impacting each other all the time. Yeah. Um, and then movement. So movement um, of my body, movement of my breath, movement of energy. And then um, my last one is, is that all of them? Sleep, hydration. Energy. I think it was... Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was five. I think that was five. Yeah, so the funny thing is, you would think as like a fitness professional, movement would be way up on the top. Movement's actually the last thing that I need. Um, Sleep is my number one. And what I've learned over the years is if sleep is disrupted, hydration makes a huge impact on me feeling, right? Because a lot of those times when you haven't slept really well, your brain will tell you, you need energy and and that will lead you to eat food that you really don't need. Right. Because you're okay. tired and you're still going to be bothered. Yep. And you're then you're tired and, you're and, yeah, and your brain's like, give me some sugar, give me some something because I need right. energy. But really yeah. what you need is sleep. Exactly. Right? So for someone like, because I, I'm trying. I am not a big water person. I'm trying really hard. Like I even got some really cool big jugs that I'm trying to like drink or there'll be days I get the 64 ounces. But then sometimes it like overwhelms my body because I think my body's just not used to it. So I feel like I'm like, it's like almost like you're drowning. Like you feel dizzy and how, how is there like tricks or something to get your body to have more water? Like for someone that just isn't into it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I think there's definitely a reframe that's available. Um, First, though, I want to say that that big five is my big five. So your big five might be different, right? Yours might be sleep and then something else and then something else and then hydration. Right. Right? I still think um, it's important. So it's, it's up there. Super important. I, I'm just it not very good at it. <laughs> yes. So um, first thing I would say is widen your lens of what hydration means. Okay. If you are eating whole foods, whole fruits and vegetables – you're getting water content into your body okay. and you're getting the added bonus of all of the vitamins and nutrients that are needed for your body to uptake that water. Okay. okay. Now, strictly talking about water, one thing you could try is put a little sea salt, right? So in that 64 ounces, maybe do like a quarter teaspoon in the okay. 64 ounces, shake it up. See if that doesn't help a change the palate taste It'll be really subtle. It shouldn't be salty, but it should actually change the quality of the water for you. Um, and then the the nutrients, the minerals that are in that sea salt should help your body uptake the water a little bit better. So you feel like it's oh. actually, you're actually getting hydrated, not just water water. Right. Oh. Okay. Okay. So those are two things you can try. There's other things you can do, right? You, we can add liquid minerals if you need to. There's, you know, there's more specificity yeah. you can get into for you, but those are really simple things. Think about the fruits and vegetables that you're eating in their whole form and ideally organic, um, right? Yeah, like cucumbers and like celery and all that. It's all fresh vegetables. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I eat those all the time. Yeah, I love Perfect. Yeah, they're very, they're, and you know, the other thing you could do, you just reminded me is you could put some lemon in your water. You could dunk a cucumber in there and let it soak and you get a little cucumber flavor. Um, There's lots of um, like uh, water boosters. 
there's little recipes out there, you know, different berry combinations and you just let it soak in your water and you drink it. And that the only thing about that is just don't do multiple days of the same food, (laughs) you know, just one day and then throw that food away or eat it or whatever. Yeah. Um, And then change out your water regularly, but you could add flavors to your water um, just from fresh fruit uh, that might really help. Yeah, because people say, like, you can put little droplets and stuff, but I don't, that's not good for you. I mean, that's the same stuff, like, the crystal light and all that. It's, yeah. like, same thing. It's not good for you, so I don't want to put that in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have, I'm, I'm a less synthetic, the better. Yeah, for so, sure. Thank you. I, <laughs> You're welcome. I hope that helps. You'll have to let me know. It, yes, for sure. It really does. Um, So, typically, like, while I'm at work, um, at least, like, in a serving capacity or something, and I can't do like my big jug of water or I like, I don't have time (laughs) when I'm making cocktails um, and I'm like slicing up fruit, I'll take a couple like lemons or limes and like throw that aside into like my water, like a little cup or something. And then like make infused water um, just throughout the shift. So my body doesn't reject it as I'm running a thousand miles a minute. So it really does kind of make a difference. It does, and the taste the taste helps a lot too, yeah. right? When it tastes How long delicious. do you infuse it for? You know, you can pop a little lemon slice in the morning and leave it in all day. Okay. Yep, and you can just, if for some reason you shock yourself and you drink all 64 ounces and you want to get more, just pour more water over top of it, and then at the end of the day, just throw the lemon away. Okay. Okay, or compost it or whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> This is something we kind of talked about beforehand, uh, Missy, that we were kind of on the same boat uh, about the whole allopathic um, kind of medicine uh, usage. Like, when did you first make the transition that, or like, first decide that you wanted to kind of walk away from it? You know, that's a really good question. I um, I don't know that I ever walked away because I don't know that I was ever in cahoots with it. Ah, okay. <laughs> I was, um, I was raised, uh, my mom's very holistic. Um, you know, she, she just is. And that's just the easiest way to explain it. Going to the doctor was a very rare thing. Right. Um, Western medicine was the last <laughs> alternative. Um, so that was the way I was raised. Now, as I got older and got into my profession, I needed to start understanding how Western medicine and allopathic medicine operated because that's how every one of my clients viewed their, their first and only option. And so I had sort of a big mountain to climb to really say, okay, there's a time and place for everything. And have you tried any of these free to you (laughs) modalities for healing and wellness and balance before you subscribe to a surgery or a medication or right because those are the two tools that most western medicine doctors have right and sometimes those are the most necessary tools right but a lot of times there's so many other things you can do before those become necessary yeah so you know that's that's sort of the way that i look at it is can we can we start to adopt a different relationship with your breath, with how you're nourishing your body, water, and food, with how you're communicating with nature? Are you getting out in nature? Are you using sunlight to your advantage? Your entire circadian rhythm is connected to sunlight. 
right? And your circadian rhythm is like your master rhythm. Everything else trickles down from there. Yeah. Right? And the sun is free. (laughs) They use it all the time in the summer. Not so much in the winter, but... I'm constantly using it. That's one of the things that kind of got me started to towards the, uh, like the more holistic approach because I was the opposite. Um, like you said, so often in, uh, in the States or on like the West, the Western hemisphere, yeah, we're always taught doctors, doc- like everything just go to the doctor, you know? Um, but it's funny. We're also taught the saying uh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. So I was like, was that, was that somebody trying to like introduce us into a holistic like medicine <laughs> and like a lifestyle? <laughs> like, hey, you can eat fresh fruits you can try these other things and like, like stay and like still not need the doctor. And I was like, huh, you're right. So like, and so like I said, that's when I started looking into like the importance of hydration or just movement um, in itself. Like that creates so much energy within your body because like so often we're stagnant. So like when you go from being stagnant all day to just getting up, even if it's for like an hour or so and moving, stretching, I'm just like, putting your body in a position it's not used to doing mm-hmm. like you know well at least for me I noticed a pretty noticeable energy shift um yeah. and I was more willing to like keep it up so to speak um I was like cool. you know I was like I like moving I was like an object in motion stays in motion you know that's right <laughs> yeah that's cool so what I heard you say is you got an early win like you got a really quick win yes and your brain was like "Ooh, I should keep doing this right yeah, and that's it's all in the important part. Yeah, exactly. It's such an important part of behavior change is is being willing to pay attention like you were and recognizing the benefit that you're getting immediately and using that as a catalyst to keep going. Yeah, because um, at least me and some, most of the people I know were we're kind of about instant gratification. And that's one of the few times that you can see it in a positive light. Um, Because your body, it notices when you do good things for it. Yes, it does. And then Mm -hmm. we might not notice it or right away, but the body definitely notices it right away. And it's like, oh, okay. I've been waiting for you. Like, thank you. Exactly. (laughs) I I could have used this this fruit. I could have used, like, these couple ounces of water. Um, yeah. And that baffles me. Like, I'm so glad you shared the whole fruit trip, though. Also, about fruit tip about the hydration, because a lot of my coworkers, because they know I'm kind of like, I, well, I take care of myself. And they're like, well, how do you drink so much water? Like, and I was like, well, I like the taste of water. Like, I like how water feels. So, like, I don't have a problem drinking yeah. it. But they're like, I can't yeah. just sit there and drink cups and cups of it. So, maybe that's a suggestion that I can take to them now. It's like, hey, just eat some fresh fruits and veggies. They will give you what you need to maintain all that fluid that you're taking in. Yeah. It's a really simple way. It's, I I really love one of the things I love doing for clients is like, we get this like narrow lens and I'm like, let's, there's like so much out there. Let's broaden that lens and Mm -hmm. open you up to a whole bunch of different possibilities. So this, you've got, you've got a range of things that you could see if they work for you. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's true. It's funny how many people forget or don't realize fruits and vegetables are loaded with water. 
Like that's, you know, that's a huge right. majority of what they are. <laughs> right. And so eating them in their, eating them in their raw state right. is going to be the best for hydration. You're looking at it from that point of view. I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, like obviously the more you process something or the more you dilute it, the less nutrient you get. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. And that's why I tell people, even when I'm cooking, um, I won't cook vegetables for long simply because yes. I like to keep that color because A, it looks vibrant and B, <laughs> that's the nutrient that I need for my body. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. I call that cooking tender crisp. Ooh. It's just, it's just enough. And isn't that a great term? Yes. Tender crisp. I like, like it. Doesn't that sound delicious? Yes, it actually does. <laughs> right? Yes. But you're right, Joshua. It's like, you keep the color. You're exactly right. You keep the vibrancy and that vibrancy, like think about that word. It's the vibration, right? You're keeping that vibration of food high by not like crushing it into like this, you know, crusty roasted dead right. <laughs> vegetable, right? You're keeping that vibration and that color high and, and we eat with our eyes first, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're spot on. Like that's, that beautiful visual is priming the pump for your body to take in this delicious food. And, you know, it's this whole entire experience that in itself has a whole relationship, how you eat, right? Like what you're doing and how you're being when you're eating, um, can really impact your digestion and your, your sense of enjoyment and satisfaction. So this is something I could definitely ask both of you. Um, a lot of times people say you shouldn't be an emotional eater. But I'm, I kind of disagree sometimes simply because food has such an emotional impact. Like to me, I said this a couple episodes ago, guys. Um, food is my love language um, because I feel like it's a combination of other love languages. Like the person who's cooking it, like it always goes back to my mom and like her homemade mac and cheese. Like it's physical touch. Like she put spend so much time cutting all the ingredients and up, you know, making it fresh, like quality time. Um, like it's an act of service. She like, anytime I go home, she was like, I know you want it. She's like, I like, I'm okay. I don't have to eat it, but I made some for you to at least take back with you. And I was like, like that, that's, that's love. Like I like, I want to, I want to eat all that, you know? Oh my gosh. I have never heard it put that way. Me neither borrow that because it's, yes. it's brilliant and you're actually you're actually speaking to something that I work to get my clients to toward the end of our work together um, so to make it a distinction I think there's two types of emotional eating like now that we're having this conversation I'm just make I'm kind of making this up as I go but the type that I address is the emotional eating that's like a coping mechanism yeah it's an avoidance of life it's an avoidance of feeling. It's it's actually quite damaging, and it, it disconnects you from yourself. Right. What you're talking about is what I've discovered through this long journey of healing my relationship <laughs> with food is that food is love, right? Yes. There's a source of joy. There's a source of celebration. There's all of the things you just said. I just love that so much that the love languages are folded into it. I'm going to share that with yeah. my stepkids. <laughs> <laughs> See if it helps. Um, <laughs> I made this food. I made right? food. I love for you. Listen, Please eat it. Um, listen. I, but I think like initially there needs to be sort of, you actually need to separate, right? The, the emotions that are damaging and the food coping mechanism. Yeah. Okay. Right. And heal and sort of heal that relationship, heal your feelings, 
and nourish the emotional hunger without food. Right. Feel your physical hunger and feed your body when it needs it. Mm -hmm. And then as you grow into trust with yourself, you come full circle back to exactly what you talked about. But that's like Jedi level relationship with food for most of us. You have to be one with the four sometimes. I like that. (laughs) Sure do. So can I like make that with my wine? Can that be like one of my love languages? It's like the same thing. (laughs) So I love wine. Um, I've been to Napa several times. We went to Italy. It's, I mean, wine is such another one of those great pleasures because but can think be about everything. <laughs> well, yes, if you if you are misusing it, if you're abusing it, if you're using it to avoid your life or your feelings or whatever's coming up, then yeah, then it's just another drug. Right. Like, right? like, like there's so else. many other things. Yeah. Exactly. Like food can just be a drug. But when you're appreciating it, right, the color, the clarity, the smell, like where it came from, the sense of the earth that are in it, the taste, and maybe you're having a great conversation in a beautiful setting, right? Or maybe you're sitting alone, reading a book, actually resting. Yeah. That's totally nourishing. Exactly. And when you're in that space, you're less likely to do five, six, seven glasses of wine, and you might do one or two because that feels just right. See, there's days, like, well, I'll be working, like, like later at night or whatever, and working out a glass of wine, and I'm most likely, like, maybe going to only have that one, because I'm sipping, and I'm enjoying, and I'm relaxing, and then there's days, like, I'll have three or four, because yeah. I'm doing it so fast, I'm just not enjoying it. It's like, you don't enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. There was a time that I was doing it a lot, and sometimes it was to avoid, but now I'm thinking more positive in life, and I've become a lot happier with myself, so... Like now, it's like I do get to enjoy it more. Yeah, and I'm not doing it. Like I'm trying not to do like the whole everyday thing, but sometimes it's just. Yeah, yeah. That was one of one of the things that I caught myself on um, was, and this was not that long ago. This was maybe just um, I don't know. Covid. Couple. couple, Yeah, I was just gonna say this. Because of covid. (laughs) Totally covid. Um, Where I recognized, oh wow, I'm having wine much more often than I need it, and I'm not actually clear on why I'm drinking it it's actually just become a habit. So yes. um, you're exactly right. It was one year ago that I started to change my relationship with wine again, yeah. right? And this is part of life. It's like you learn these lessons and then you relearn them and you relearn them. You just have yeah. this relationship with yourself um, that's, that's you know, growing and, and expanding. Um, but now I actually don't drink as much as I even used to when I had a healthy relationship before COVID. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting because my enjoyment of it is so much greater because I'm having it even less frequently. Yeah. And I'm really savoring the taste and, you know, I, I'm really asking myself, do I want to be cooking while I'm enjoying this glass? Right. Do I want to be reading? Do I want to be sitting on the you know patio talking with my husband or do I want to be out with girlfriends? Um, and like you said, I love like the idea of, of doing some work and sipping on your wine and just like really relishing in the experience yeah because otherwise like i'll just be like sitting and just drinking and it's like all of a sudden goes so fast and i'm like it's like water sometimes but that's because you're not enjoying it and you're not making the right headspace to be enjoying it exactly yeah. and that's when you go for the second glass or the third glass and then in retrospect <laughs> you're like i didn't need that why did i do that right and that right and then, then the guilt yeah and then the feeling bad about yourself or 
Exactly. And that can keep you in, in the cycle. That can actually keep you. Sounds like me. I'm working on it. <laughs> Sounds like most humans. Yeah, 100%. Surely, I'm getting there. <laughs> like, um, That's good. I'm glad you're working on it. It's an, ama it's an amazing um, journey, right? To, to be yeah. dialed in and I keep using the word relationship, but that's what it is. It's a relationship with yourself, right? Where you're willing right. to know yourself. You're willing to have the hard conversations with yourself. Mm -hmm. You're willing to hold yourself accountable and you're willing to grow. Yeah. And that's one of the things we mention a lot here on the show is people automatically equate relationship to romance, which as a linguist, so many. Um, my, my roommate hated when I used to say that, but as a linguist, I was like, Actually, breaking the word down, relation just means like how the things are related, the practice of how things are related. So it's like it's it's the you know it's the bond between you and yourself, or you or any interaction you have, you know whether that's money, ourselves, our family, um, our fitness. Um, so it makes sense that you use the word, and I think that's okay. Um, yeah. We should normalize using the word relationship. We shouldn't be scared of relationships, guys. Um, we're in them right. literally every day, 24-7, 365. So. And they are, the relationship with yourself and the relationship with others is like your lifeblood. I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. the fabric of, of who you are, how you show up in the world, how meaningful you feel your life is, right? How in, how much you enjoy your experiences. Right. Um, and there, and I know, you know, I know for me, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I know this is sort of a general experience that, COVID really made it aware how important relationships are, right? The connection with other. We all had a, a chance to get to know ourselves in the last yeah. couple of years. And yeah. whether we did or whether we didn't, right? The the opportunity is always there, right? The the chance to get to know yourself is just one choice away. Always. So yeah. it's worth it. That's beautiful. I love that. And if you think about it too, like with when we talk about relationships, like when we're talking about relationships with ourselves, with friends, with romance, with food, with wine, every relationship goes through its bad and it's good. That's right. So it really does all work the same. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's ups and downs in, in every facet. And to, to have the skills and the adaptability to navigate those ups and downs is what gives you the confidence, you know, to, to move forward with grace in your life um, and to not feel stuck. You know? So yeah, yeah it's cool stuff. Speaking of, <laughs> of feeling stuck, I, I'm, I'm in this, I feel like I'm in a state right now where I'm kind of just stuck on like 20, like a quarter of a tank. You know, I, I feel like it's been a while since I've been like fully like, recharged, vibrating on my yeah. highest frequency. Um, and tr true, I feel like uh, being reacclimated into the world helps that, but I feel like there's more to it than just social interaction. Like I, I feel like there's more to recharging than just being around people. Yeah, for sure. I absolutely agree. And I'm sure you're not the only one who feels that way. I know as a culture we get a lot of value out of productivity mm -hmm. yep. and even when we have downtime people you know it's like how many shows can you watch how many books can you read how you know it's yeah it's really hard for us to turn off 
the what did you accomplish even on your off day mm -hmm. and that's really draining on our systems um and i don't know i don't know where you live but if you have access to nature yes right trees and space and sky um it's one of the most like energetically rejuvenating experiences to get out in nature away from devices away from technology and to unplug whether that's by yourself or with a group of friends um you know both can be incredibly um recharging and rejuvenating in different ways yeah. um, but nature you know getting onto a different environment um it can really help so it might be a place for you to examine you know can i can i um there's a really incredible coach his name is um jerry colonna and he talks about um talks about sabbath actually and how having a sabbath is really important even if it's just for an hour a day mm -hmm. or one day a week or maybe it's a weekend a month where you unplug from everything and you and you fully immerse yourself in the discomfort of nothingness yeah. <laughs> Right. And you allow like a certain type of boredom. Um, I think he calls it cold boredom. It's not where you're antsy, right? I need to be doing something and you're fidgety. It's where you're actually so fully present and relaxed that you're just okay. Right. And it yeah. doesn't mean that you're actually doing nothing. You could be hiking. You could be coloring. You could be painting. You could be doing some activity, but you're sort of lost in it, like you lose track of time. Right. That's like and reading. Yes, right? There's no end goal, but you're so in the present moment that it's like like luxurious. Yeah. Um, so that might be something to look at, Joshua. Like that's, you know, your system's kind of telling you, hey, I feel like I'm running on a quarter tank. Hello. Right? And mm -hmm. how, how can I examine my nourishing behaviors? Right? Are they actually nourishing, and do I need to accumulate some new, you know, some new ones? It's funny. I think too. Oh, sorry, Josh. I was gonna be like, it's funny. Uh, I was, I was actually goading Missy into something, and and she she went a different direction. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna ask if she maybe had an acronym that like had to do with recharging or something like that. But. I, I don't know. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I will say that in a minute. Alexa, I wanted to hear what you have to say about, yeah. about that piece of the conversation. Well, we I like literally, my brain goes like, we were talking about um, nature and recharging and finding some new ways to actually, oh, you were talking about maybe re like reading and painting and kind of like losing yourself in the experience? No. no? <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> if it comes back, just interrupt me. It wasn't anything important. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Joshua, sorry I missed that softball. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're, you're fine. <laughs> it happens all the time. Um, yeah. So what he's referring to is um, in my coaching program, um, I use an acronym RECHARGE to help me navigate clients to their destination, right? Where they want to get to, um, which is ideally a place of self-autonomy and becoming the expert of their own life, health, nutrition, et cetera. So recharge, the first two letters are about the client being ready and emerging. So their role in showing up, finding me, speaking me out, enrolling in a program, right? That's really necessary for our work 
to be meaningful and committed, right? I need to know that you want this and you're ready for this type of work because Mm. it's going to be some work, but it's going to be the best work you ever do. Right. Right. So readiness and emerge. And then once they enroll and they get in the program, we take charge of their life. So the C stands for curiosity and it is the bedrock of everything we do. We release judgment and we just get radically curious. And in order to get really curious, you have to ask really good questions. So I teach what kinds of questions to start asking and I give them a chance to create questions of their own. And, um, and we tie that with the H, which is honesty and curiosity and honesty together help us build awareness, which is the A and that awareness that's our foundation piece for that the first um, the first section of the course, and in that process, this is where you really get to know yourself. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? Why am I not doing the other things? Yeah. Right. What am I saying to myself? What are my core beliefs? How do my thoughts and emotions and beliefs shape my actions? How are my actions shaping my relationship with myself and others? how are they shaping the results I want or don't want? Right. So this whole first section is really about gathering a ton of information and just skyrocketing your awareness of yourself, right? Getting to know who you are, how you are, how it's working for you, how it's not. Um, We also um, uh, identify core values. What are your core values? What are the ones you're living by? What are the ones you're not living by? Because those ones you're not living by, that's what creates all that inner discord that typically leads to all the coping mechanisms, right? Right. You just want to avoid yourself. Right. Um, And then the the second course is um, adopting and adapting these new behaviors that you've identified are going to help you reach your goals. So changing your relationship with food, learning to eat when you're physically hungry and stop when you're physically satisfied learning to emotionally care for yourself when you're emotionally hungry, right? But not filling that with food because we all know that food doesn't heal an emotional state, right? So learning nourishing behaviors that have nothing to do with food and really practicing that and honoring what comes up. And part of that practice is actually sitting with the feelings and just feeling them. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of scary for a lot of people, right? A lot of us, I know I did. I had big feelings I didn't know how to navigate Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to run away from them. Right. So really walking them through how to do that, how to do it safely. Um, and then adapting your life, right? Because when you start to make these changes, it's like a ripple effect. Everything in your life needs to start adapting to accommodate this new way of being. Yes. So we go through all of that right and then the next phase is accelerating your progress and this is all about really deepening the what you're eating right so this is where we finally talk about okay now you have all this information about yourself what is your body saying i like these foods i don't like those foods right i feel really good when i eat this way i really don't feel that great when i do these other things and now you have permission to make the decision you have all the information right? How are you going to be with yourself? What relationship are you going to have? Are you going to respect the signals? That's the R. (laughs) I forgot we're doing the acronym. (laughs) The R is respect. (laughs) Are you going to respect the signals that are coming up? Right? I talked earlier about working out. 
the craziest thing about respect and exercise is sometimes the most respectful thing you can do for your body is push. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes the most respectful thing you can do for your body is back off. And you can only know which is needed if you're paying attention and you're in the present moment with awareness. Yeah. Right. And you're, and you're choosing to trust yourself and learn. Right. Sometimes you're going to get it right. And sometimes you're not. You learn every time. Oh, okay. That didn't mean that. <laughs> it meant this. Okay. Book note. <laughs> right. Next time when I'm feeling this way, try something different. And so that acceleration piece um, really allows the person to really get clear on what is going to help them thrive. And we talk about all kinds of things, not just what to eat, but the products that you're putting on your body, the type of, you know, the quality of the water, the quality of the air in your house, the products you're washing your clothes with. We, we really talk, if people want to go dive deep, we talk about unburdening the system a lot. Um, and that cleans up a lot of issues that are typically health issues people are struggling with um, because their systems just can't deal with the, the burden of all of the chemicals that we're exposed to. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we also, uh, in the accelerated phase, in the, in the, like when we're talking about respect, this is where they also identify their big five. So they can get really clear on their principles for living that they want to start honoring and how they do that. And, um, and then the G is gratitude. So you have a whole nice, fun, deep gratitude practice because that is, oh man, gratitude is like a whole body happy pill. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. And when you, when you are genuinely in a state of gratitude, every cell in your body is vibrating at a higher resonance. Right. You just people just want to be around you. They're like, wow, what do you have? <laughs> what that? Right. And then the E is energy. So we go through a whole course on energy leadership and there's seven levels in energy. And we start with the lowest levels of victimhood and conflict. And we go back to your conditioning, your story, your inner drama, whatever. And how are you perpetuating the state that you say you don't want to be in anymore? Right. How are you being a victim? How are you blaming others? And then we start to raise that energy through responsibility and reconciliation and all the way up through these levels. And what that does is not only does it give them a really good map of their themselves, their inner state, their emotional state, but it also gives them a map of how others are showing up. So now you have the ability to uncouple from maybe a toxic moment. Or you have the ability to set a boundary with with someone who may have otherwise been dependent or codependent, Mm -hmm. right? Or now you have the permission to use your voice or take ownership of something in a situation, right? So it's it's a really freeing and all of that together creates the autonomy that you're looking for, right? So we finished the the last course. Um, This All of these, if you did all these courses back to back, it's about a year. It's a nice beautiful year of life-changing work wow um but you can do each one individually if you need to you can repeat the courses a lot of times people will do adopt and adapt for for multiple rounds Mm -hmm. because it's it's just it takes some time to change right and to undo the patterns you've been living in um but once you guys are these online um, courses? Or? These are, so they're not online like you could follow along with them yet, but they probably will be in the future. These are very personal, very small group, like four people. Right. Um, with me guiding them, weekly sessions and immersions throughout the year. 
um, or throughout the, the series um, because this is deep work. Yeah. And when you're going through deep work like this, you need to be known and seen and understood. Yeah. You need to be held and you need a team, right? Mm -hmm. So I guide the team and we have a small group of people that we create like this nice safe incubator for you guys to get to know each other, to build accountability together, right? To share the highs, to share the lows, all the things. And it's a really nice, especially if you guys all kind of progress together. It's a nice, like, graduating yeah, family. Yeah. Yes. yes, it's exactly like that. It's exactly. And you, at least for me, I'm a, I'm super autonomous in general, and I'm a major introvert. <laughs> um, but I have learned the value of social support, the yeah. value of a group of people that I can actually be vulnerable with. The healing accelerates, the growth accelerates because those minds coming together, those hearts coming together, it's it's how humans were meant to be, right? We're wired to be together. We're not wired to be alone, to be alone yeah. right? For very long. Exactly. So it's really cool. It's I I love what I do. I'm so excited when people enroll and change their life. It's like the best ever and I feel really blessed to have gone through everything that I've gone through <laughs> so that I can be doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> is it online or is it like, I mean, as a yes, Zoom yes, or? Yeah, our sessions are virtual. Um, I do, um, I like to do immersions in person if possible, but if not, there's always virtual stuff available. So, um, and then, and then my, my goal is always to have a retreat, like a big in-person retreat at the end, like celebration, you know, uh -huh. let's, let's all, go somewhere, let's celebrate, let's have a really fun, um, restorative weekend together. So yeah, it's cool. And I love that. That's something that I've started to do, um, with, um, some of the courses and masterminds we offer, um, as well as we have, uh, we call them accountability warriors nice. simply because there's something about, um, being with some other people who, are living the same struggle or process that you that you're going through and pushing you. I say it's like uh, when you work in groups uh, instead of like the teacher teaching, like you like you each learn something um, because you're like, well, yeah, like the teacher should know everything. Like they're in a better place than we are because they have all this knowledge. So um, growing with your peers, I find to be astrono uh, astronomically helpful. I, I couldn't agree more. And to your point about teaching, if you really want to be the master of something, teach it to someone else. Yes. Right. So in the groups, because you're holding accountability with each other and because I encourage them to, to hold each other accountable without me there, yeah. they get to remind each other of the tools they have. They get to remind each other of how to get through a tough situation. They get to lift each other up and that teaching the other person or reminding the other person reinforces it for themselves. It's, it's such a cool process, um, and humans are really amazing. <laughs> but we are, we are, hundred percent. We are definitely. <laughs> I mean, Missy, I I feel like today has just been already minutely like transformative for at least me. Yes. Um, or no, me too. I'm I'm here. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad. It's, yeah. That's my goal. Is just by talking about this stuff that it, it gets you thinking and it gets you curious and. 
being it's, interested in, in your own self. <laughs> so often, like you said, uh, we just don't take the time to just do these check-ins with ourselves um, and understand what our body's trying to tell us. So hopefully everybody listening will know, like, hey, maybe I should really try to understand what my body's saying or what I'm feeling right now. And maybe you too could have a transformative uh, year, you know, recharging or just yeah. recharging or um, just being a better version of ourselves than we were yesterday. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether that's <laughs> being a part of one of the not so bad courses, Missy, um, and being a part of her program or just looking at yourself in the mirror and just having a chat, you know, um, mm-hmm. there are so many things you can do that are a free and uh, good for you, but also um, that you can do in a group to also just promote growth um, and get out of that stagnant period that you might be feeling. So we so often I feel like we get complacent in our lives, um, in our jobs, in our relationships, um, both romantically and platonically, that we don't really reach outside of the box and move around and get uncomfortable. So I'm always a fan of being the guy to kind of push and nudge you into you know, trying something out. I like that. I do too. I think being in our comfort zone, our known zone, we're wired for it, but it's also really dangerous. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, if we can keep edging ourselves just outside of it, um, then we actually have really amazing lives. Very alive, very rich, um, very rewarding. And that has its own ripple effect, right? The more that you, the more that you're challenging yourself to be a better version of yourself, the, the deeper, richer your relationships are. The more you're influencing others, right, to do the same. And um, this, you know, taking care of yourself is one of the most selfless things you can do. It's such an irony, but it's so true. Couldn't agree more. Hopefully, this doesn't happen. But when planes go down, what's the first thing they tell you to do? Put your own mask on. Exactly. Yep. I use that yeah. example a lot too. Yeah. When I talk yeah. about like like helping yourself and the importance of like being selfish, but it's not actually selfish. It's you're doing it for the good of it ends up being the good for everybody. That's right. Yeah. You're no good to anybody if you can't breathe. Right. <laughs> this is true. Unless the person's trying to practice maybe like CPR, then like that might be helpful. But no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. Maybe. <laughs> Um, no, uh, guys, like I said, uh, having Missy on today has been amazing, but I think it's about that time where we really get to know not just what Missy's about, but just a little bit more about Missy personally. So we're going to ask you a couple questions before we let you go. They get a little more stimulating as we progress, but they're entertaining for me and Alexa, so we're going to ask you, okay? All right, I'm game. <laughs> What's a really big turn on for you, Missy? Like when you met your, well, I mean, you told us the story, uh, but what was like a really big green flag for you when you met your husband? Well, I know that in the story I told you his energy shifted, right? And yeah. That he, he got really compassionate. So that's a huge turn on somebody who can be empathetic um, and actually, you know, feel with you, feel for you. But the joke that we have is 
he is really good at backing up his. Like when you met your, well, I mean, you told us the story, uh, but what was like a really big green flag for you when you met your husband? Well, I know that in the story I told you his energy shifted, right? And yeah. then he, he got really compassionate. So that's a huge turn on somebody who can be empathetic um, and actually, you know, feel with you, feel for you. But the joke that we have is, he is really good at backing up his truck into parking spots. Oh. <laughs> and I find that extremely sexy. Listen, so a good part job. So cool. I... <laughs> um, someone I know like used to do always did that. And I always wondered, why do you do that unless you have to? But it is kind of cool that like you're able to actually do it. I couldn't. He can park <laughs> his truck into the tightest of spots and he does it flawlessly and effortlessly and that way when you get back in the truck you just right out exactly see i used to do the opposite i would like pull i would i would find the farthest spot and like pull through or whenever you can pull through exactly i'm a pull through kind of girl too (laughs) not so much i can do all of it now not the backing in but i can like even the tight little spots i'm I'm actually pretty good at now nice (laughs) skills and then what's What's a what was what's a big turnoff for you? Obviously, there there aren't really any red flags in this happy second round of marriage. Um, but uh, what what are th- what was something maybe like in your first relationship or just in general that you look out for as a big mm, no thank you? Yeah, well, I'm a growth minded person, so if you're not interested in growing. I don't know what we're going to have in common, right? I don't know how deep our relationship is going to get to go if you're not willing to at least explore what's available for you. Um, You know, I think in general, and we all get here, so I say this with grace. When you're stuck in victimhood and when you're stuck in conflict blaming others for your experience, that's a really hard thing to want to be around. Yeah. Right. Um, so those are, you know, and we, and we all do it, right? We're all susceptible to it. I know I've had my fair share of, of moments in my 20s where I was yeah. a disaster area. And I don't know how the people who were in my life were around me. But um, I think that, that that is one of the areas that um, is it can be a really big turnoff is when you're stuck in that. And you, you know, can't get out. Yeah. Um. If you could go back and tell your younger self one piece of advice about relationships, what do you think that would be? I would tell my younger self, don't change anything. Everything is going to unfold exactly as it's meant to. You might not feel that way at all times, but trust the unfolding of life. Hmm. So often, I, I I always say this: I I don't regret any any decision I've made, any mistake, any tragedy, any success, simply because if I were to have gone back and changed any one of those minute moments or major moments, who knows the progress I would have made today? 
That's right. You know? Yeah. Every, every experience has led you to where you are. And whether you're in a great place or not, it's all really good information for who you want to be in the future. Right. So if yeah. you're, if you're a person who's right now having a moment of regret, use it. It's really good information. Right. Awesome. Okay. I didn't like how I behaved in this way. I don't like the decisions that I made. Perfect. Now you have ammo. You have a really clear direction for how to behave moving forward. Right. If you're a person who really loves your life. Perfect. <laughs> you're, already, you're already there. <laughs> right. You've already realized everything has shaped you into the human, the, the, the miraculous human being that you are and that you are still becoming. Yeah. See, like for me, I, um, I agree with everything you guys said. Like, I used to be that really shy, quiet girl, like in high school. And now I'm the one planning my high school reunion. And I was not a fan of high school at the time. Wow. I'm like head on my committee, but it's all because of a car accident. It changed my life. It gave me chronic pain and a traumatic brain injury. And I can't necessarily work full time, but because of that, I created this podcast and I created all these relationships and people will ask me like, would you go back and change it? And honestly, even though it's a, I don't want the pain. No, I wouldn't because it made me who I am today. I'm one of the strongest people I know. Yes. Yeah. Because of it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I love hearing that. <laughs> What's one thing that you think that you still could improve on as a partner? Oh, not fixing. <laughs> I have all the answers, you guys. <laughs> you might right actually know. know. Right now, it's true, Alexa. You're right. I you seem like you do, though. I do. <laughs> I like to learn, and I like to know things, and I like to know things really well. Um, but you know what? Um, it's not always about fixing. Sometimes it's just about listening and showing up and being yeah. there for someone. So me really needing to turn off the, the desire to alleviate someone's discomfort and maybe yeah. even it's alleviating my own discomfort because they're in need, right? And I have to really check that sometimes and say, okay, just let's just sit in the pain that's, that's arising. Let's just sit in the sadness. Let's just sit here together yeah. hmm. and just, just be with the person. So I'm still working on that. I'm, I get feedback, but I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> um, but I, it's a, it's actually a muscle I have to actively yeah. stop from flexing. <laughs> Don't flex the fixed muscle. I'm like someone that feels other people, like what they're feeling. So like if someone around me has anxiety, like I feel the anxiety and it's like, I want to help. But sometimes you just can't help and you just have to know that like, just be separate and it's okay and they'll be okay. But it's hard. It is especially when you're I'm really similar, very empathic when and it makes sense, like for, through this lens, if you're feeling the anxiety, someone else is feeling, nobody wants to feel an anxiety. No, so it, it makes sucks. sense. You'd want to fix it, right? You'd want to, I want to yeah. get out of my body and out of your body, but sometimes interrupting their process is the worst thing you could do. Right. So learning how to manage, so we talked about energy leadership and they program. Yeah learning how to manage your own energy, no matter what anybody else's energy is, is incredibly freeing. And that's one of the things we talk about and, and, and give you the tools and the practice and the skills mm -hmm. to do that. So especially as empaths, we have to have that ability. It's like, I have my own anxiety. I don't want to feel someone else's anxiety. Then I'm like, right. then not anxiety. Then I don't have, I always have anxiety. That's annoying. Yeah. Well, and it makes you realize 
you know, back to that thing I said about us all being connected, it makes you realize that ener- energy is very palpable, right? Yeah. It's catching just like a, just like a virus, just like a bug, right? That, um, that it, for me, at least it makes me want to make sure that my, the energy I'm putting out is causing a, a nice sweet ripple effect and not yes. an anxious one in other people. Right? And isn't that like why they say like, you're supposed to be with, um, people that you want to be like like you're supposed to surround yourself like with people that you and em- want to emulate emulate yes yeah yes i think that's true that, that on a lot of different levels on a business level on a personal growth level right, right? Just everything surround or expose yourself to the kind of people that you want to be like because yeah you, that, that resonance will happen um i also just i have to say it because we get into these tribal things i think it's really important to be around people who challenge you Right, yeah. challenge you energetically, yeah. challenge you politically, challenge you religion. You know, with relig- what I just—it's so important that we're able to be who we are and let other people be who they are, and then also have that experience of people right. leveling you up. Right, so that's how you learn. So exactly, yep. And the last question I have for you: What's one thing you do for yourself as like part of a self-care routine? Just one? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we don't want... We, listen, we don't want your whole routine. We, we, you know... All right. I will say, so you know my big five. So that's a lot of that is, is the self-care in there. Um, one thing that I, I absolutely relish, love, so delicious to do is read a good novel. Um, it could be total fiction it could be historical fiction it could be anything like that but to be able to have quiet time to just read and optimal time would be like late afternoon (laughs) Mm. if i can get away with reading for an hour late afternoon i am rocking the day (laughs) i have two novels i can suggest for you okay perfect i love it (laughs) yeah so that that would be one of my um one of my nourishing behaviors. I also love to stare at the sky, whether it's daylight or just the stars are out. I could sit and stare at the sky forever and it's extremely relaxing and nourishing and mm-hmm. awe inspiring. So those are probably my two go-to, um, you know, nourishing behaviors that, that I sneak in here and there. Well, let's see. I like, I, that's understandable. Like I, we love a good book. Um, we're try, we're all as a, I say this, I think every, like, single person's goal, like, who is, like, in that young adult phase should be to buy a bookshelf and fill it out. Oh, Joshua, you are singing my love language now. Listen, listen, that's, that's, what, I'm, that's what we're here for. Buy All right. real books and put them on shelves. 100%. Um, I do get dinged sometimes. Like, do you have comic books on your bookshelf? Yes, I do. Um, yeah. But th- th- those still count. They're real books. But no, I have... You have books on my bookshelf. Yeah. Good job. I don't mean just mine. I mean, like, I have a bunch, actually. I don't even use them, though. I use the Kindle. I'm so bad. Dude, it goes, <laughs> see, or, or it goes back to that tactile feel, you know? I like to turn a page. I know. Me too. I like the smell of, like, a new book. Yes. Or an old book, yes. you know, just that has been, like, passed like around. I like I like the old book smell. I do not like the old book smell. <laughs> there, 
So all right, only new books for Alexa. <laughs> so my mentor um got a book from her mentor who got a book from her mentor and then she gave it to me. So it kind of like she's like when you oh. find somebody who like you feel like you know truly like quote is your like your successor or who you've just made a great impact on and you think this can help them share it. So that book has so much character because I can see like where they wrote in it, where they highlighted. Um, when I read it, I do, I feel connected to something deeper uh, than myself and I get multiple perspectives. So that's cool. That's why I kind of like older really books cool. is because yeah. people t- like you, <laughs> not to sound like cheesy or corny, but I was like, it's like you're part of something bigger than yourself in that moment um, as you yeah. read. Oh, absolutely. I, I that's You're right. I love that. I'm, I would like to start that. I'm going to get my favorite book and highlight it and pass it to somebody meaningful and tell them to pass it to somebody meaningful. Yeah. And I love that. It's, so I've, a few I've, things I'm going to adopt from you today yeah, here. Awesome. That's a, it's all about, <laughs> see, I, and this is what I, as a coach, what I tell people, I was like, I don't believe in plagiarism. What I mean by that is any idea, anything I say, go ahead, take it, use it, fine tune it for you or share it because that's what we're here to do. We're here to help each other um, just live more beautiful existences. And if something I say or do could be beneficial to you or somebody you know, share it. I mean, like, don't say like, oh, this is my original idea, but like share it. Um, Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. I don't know. I don't know how many original ideas there really are. I think we're all just iterations of these these principles and these things that are known yeah. in the fabric yeah. of us, but they come out in like, different expressions. And um, you know, I, while I love attributing things to people, right, to give credit and stuff, um, I think that we're all just sort of sharing a lot of, of the same. All right. Um, a lot of the same uh, experiences in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, that was like a life-crushing moment for me in high school. My history teacher, I'll never forget, Mr. Youngkins, uh, <laughs> he showed us this comic strip, and he was like, guys, I just want to let you know today's lesson. You're not special. And it was this whole comic strip about like how this guy, 200 years in the past had an idea that somebody thought that they created today. And it's like, nothing you do is original. Somebody else has had the idea. There's probably been another you in a different lifetime or a different part of the world. You just weren't exposed to, you just had like the opportunity or like one person was just really successful at it. And I was like, well, I was like, well, what's the point now? I was like, I might as well just pack it up. You know, just, I'm not coming up with anything original. I'm just going to take everything I see. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't remember the author that I heard this from, but there was this really cool idea that these ideas are like seeds and they get planted in us. Yeah. Right? And that these seeds get strewn all over the, the earth at all different times. And the seeds are meant to sprout just like the trees and the grasses and the whatever to bring enlightenment, bring nourishment, bring whatever to the forefront at the right time. So, you know, take it for what it's worth when you get a little seed planted in you, right? Trust that it's going to sprout and come out exactly what it's supposed to. And and the way that I look at things now is when I have something that I think is an original idea, 
and I hear an author or a speaker or a writer or all of the above just talking in, about similar things or using similar language, now I see it as synchronicity. No. Oh, it's like the universe is, is giving me information. Yeah, you're on the right path because other people are thinking the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, thank you, Missy, for coming on. Uh, guys, also give a huge shout out to Alexa for her for making it through her first episode uh, as Yay! a host. <laughs> um, I loved it. Before we let you go, Missy, um, I know you did the questions. Just let us know where we can find you or what you got going on um, so we can become a part of your world, so we can synchronize and uh, get on your level of resonance. Awesome. I would love that. Um, so you, if, if you're interested in any kind of programming, you can either email me directly, Missy, M-I-S-S-I, at livewholelifehealth.com, or you can go to my website and just connect with me website is livewholelifehealth.com um i'm on instagram i'm on facebook i sent the links if you're able to offer those to people you know that's another way i don't i'm not on social as often so if, <laughs> if you're like i need to change my life and i want to be a part of this group or whatever just reach out to me directly um we'll get on a little discovery call get to know each other make sure we're a good fit and um make sure i put you in the right group um if you're part of a group, if you're like, hey, me and my three friends or me and my four friends, we want to do this together, that's even better. We'll create a group together. I mean, that's that would be one of the most ideal situations because you you know each other, you live in the same area, or you you know you've had history together, whatever it is, and mm -hmm. that's a bond coming in that's stronger, right? Um, but it is also nice if you're in, you know, just by yourself going into a new group and meeting new people and getting exposed to new points of view. So it's a win-win either way. Um, yeah, those are the main ways you can get a hold, get a hold of me, right? Email, uh, website, and socials. All right. And guys, also don't forget, keep your business cards with you. You never know when you might find love. I'm literally doing that right now. I'm going to keep it with me at all times. <laughs> Perfect. For love and for business. That's right. I love it. Um, Good. Good advice. Yeah. Guys, I'll see all, well, not even I, we'll see all you partnered, unpartnered, just beautiful people next Thursday on the next episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Um, 